0: You're listening to Source Daily. Join us Monday through Friday to stay up to date with what's happening in North Central Ohio. We'll be sharing a closer look at one of our top stories, along with other news, local history, memorials, answers to your questions, and more. Today, we're continuing a conversation between Source Media CEO Jay Allred, Downtown Mansfield CEO Jennifer Keim, and Richland County Commissioner Tony Barrow. Again, the message from our sponsors.
1: Is getting the flu and COVID 19 vaccines on your to do list? The CDC recommends getting flu and COVID-19 at the same visit if eligible. Head to your local vaccine clinic to protect yourself this holiday season. You've got this because we've got you. For help connecting to vaccines, call your local Area Agency on Aging today at 419-524-4144. Funded by the U.S. Administration for Community Living through a grant to U.S. Aging.
0: Now, part two of our conversation between Jennifer Keim and Tony Barrow, moderated by Source Media's Jay Allred.
2: I want to talk about housing. Mansfield is not Laguna Beach, California, for lots of different reasons. But it's not even Columbus. It's its own thing. But for our listeners that are just kind of like, let's catch our listeners up for a minute. Our city started a land bank in or around 2014, I believe it was. And that land bank on which I believe you sit on the board, right, I Tony? Do. Yep. Um, has demolished close to
1: I think we're in seven hundreds, eight hundreds. I look at the scoreboard
2: all the time. Pieces of pieces of individual property, like piece structures on individual pieces of property with and I remember when in two thousand and fourteen when the land bank was posited and then eventually spun up that this was about reducing the amount of blighted housing stock to right size the housing stock to the community's population. Our listeners can't see both of you nodding your heads, but I'd like to note to them that I've <laughs> generally got agreement on the reason for the land bank's existence. And this is true. And so here we are. We're going to fast forward to, to where we are today. And Mansfield is, by and large, understanding it, that it has a bit of a housing shortage. Or the perception among among residents, the, the way that they're feeling about what their house was just appraised at, how fast houses are selling, if they are in a lower income tier. We just did a bunch of reporting about affordable housing in the source. If they're in a lower income tier, how do they afford to get into a, an apartment that they can afford or a house that they can afford? I've lived in Mansfield for 30 years, and I can't remember a time when I felt like we had a housing shortage.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So, and we're oftentimes not reflective of what it is to be in Laguna Beach or in like highly desirable places to live on the coasts or big cities. And yet John John Q. Public and Jane Q. Public in Mansfield are dealing with, it's a little bit more difficult to get an apartment than it was before. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little harder to buy a house than it was before. And one of the things that get blamed on that or that catches a lot of heat about affordable housing is out-of-town site control. I hear that referenced a lot. Is it the same thing as it was? Is out-of-town site control for housing the same basic problem that you have for out-of-town site control for commercial buildings? Or is there a different flavor that we should be thinking about? I would say housing
1: is one of the toughest parts of my job as a county commissioner. What makes it so hard? One, getting housing where people may want it. Two, perceptions, stigmas associating with certain types of housing. So competing residential opinions and beliefs. You, A lot of people have a lot of opinions about housing, Jay. I'm telling you, it is Jen and I talk about this, right? Mm-hmm. I have been in meetings with very key members of our community, particularly re- let's let's say Mansfield, because that's where Land Bank does most of its work. Telling me, I look around, Commissioner Vero, and I see new developments in Lexington, coming in Belleville. Where's our nice new developments in Mansfield? And I have walked into another meeting that same day, saying, uh, "We need affordable housing pronto," and then. As Jen and I have debated, there is some new housing taking place. And then, as I like to say, Jennifer and her super pals will get on me about the types of affordable housing that's being built. And I'm going, You just said we need to build some housing. And now, so. We're
2: checking stuff off of a list, and you're sort of.
1: It is without a doubt. The
2: patience and the waiting.
1: It is without a doubt one of the most challenging, because th- it is political too, or not even, and it's not Republican Democrat. I mean, there's Democrats feel one way, Democrats feel another way, Republicans feel one way, Republicans. Housing is very challenging. And I and I say this again, I'm trying to tread lightly here. I like that we have a little bit of demand right now. Mm-hmm. That's That's a product of a couple things. Number one, certainly the land bank's done some work there. But it wasn't that long ago, like you said, even when I moved into town where we didn't have a demand for people. What that's saying is our town has shifted a little bit, that this is becoming a desirable area. A little bit of demand is good.
2: When people can't afford
1: places to live, though, that's when it gets bad.
2: I think it's worth noting, too, that over the, the last couple of years, Richland County has, maybe not by a lot, but we haven't lost population. Right, And that was the first time in Decades. At least a decade, mm-hmm. decade Several and a decades. half that that we weren't losing population on the regular. Mm-hmm. I won't say that the nose of the airplane is pointed <laughs> straight up or anything, but we've you know, yeah. we, we've stopped losing altitude. And the thing that strikes me about housing that's different between a home and a commercial building is a home is personal.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: A warehouse is a place where you keep stuff. Of course, that's kind of on the one spectrum of a commercial building, yeah. but a home is personal, and maybe that's where some of that tension lives. Jen, what do you think?
3: I mean, so the land bank has done an amazing job getting rid of houses that need to be torn down across the county, for sure. I mean, going into you know DMI was we were a huge proponents of the land bank back in its first inception. I remember meeting people at Bob Evans on Hanley Road who were so against the land bank because the the thought was that. The land bank was going to come in and just take everyone's property. And there was a huge, there was a huge faction against that. And so, you know, we helped kind of work through that in some of those early days because we saw what was happening in their communities and the possibilities of land banks cleaning up the community because of things like site control. They have a unique opportunity to clean up properties. And we had a lot of properties that were, you know, they had had a fire and they've been standing for five years after a fire and half torn down, and so the, this isn't the, you know the land bank isn't all you know demolition of you know historic properties. It's a lot of demolition of properties that really need to come down. There's no other there's no other way to get them down. So um, and they've done a great job with that. I think that the demand from ho- for housing is is unique in a way to us currently because it's coming to us across all demographics. So the need for low-income housing has been huge for a long time. I mean, we've seen it even just in our interns or people we talk to downtown or messages we get with people who are looking for housing. It's hard to find housing in an appropriate price point that's affordable for people who are college students or, you know, working, um, you know, those jobs that don't pay, you know, as big a salary or whatever. It's hard to find quality housing. It's okay to find housing. But it's quality housing, and you know everyone across every demographic deserves quality places to live. Not just oh well, here's an apartment you can afford. It's, I'm sure it's fine. You know I think what the land bank has helped us do, and what we've what we've all done as a community in the last few years, is realize that okay, some of these properties are not livable, and it's not okay to say, well, it's three dollars a month. You can afford it. It's fine because they're not fine, and these landlords, you know, need to be held to a standard that's appropriate. Also. So I think, you know, the but we're seeing the demand across all demographics. So we're you know, as Commissioner Vera was saying, you know, we're at people are looking for these high end developments in Mansfield. They're looking for it across the board. And there's no easy solutions at all in housing. Even in downtown housing. I mean, you know, Jay and I, you and I have talked for years about downtown housing. It's been a it's been a big thing. I mean, how are you gonna get it? How what's the demands there? Where's the supply? You know, we've That's talked a-
2: feels like it's kind of a chicken-egg kind of a thing, isn't it? I mean, it
3: is, except for, the, you know, what's happening in a lot of communities is how they're getting it is just in scale. And what we don't have in downtown is the scale. So the same developers that are doing work in a lot of these similar-sized communities are happy to come here, but they want a block. Mm-hmm. They don't want a building. They want a block. They're not going to come do the Buckeye Bakery building. They're going to do 4th Street, and we don't have 4th Street to give them. We don't have the empty, abandoned, total downtown that that a lot of these communities use to build up this housing. So we do it one at a time, little by little. And places like the Vaguely Building, I mean, you've seen the transformation of that in the last five years, it's outstanding. And getting someone like Andrew new properties to keep working through isn't a fix tomorrow, like Tony would want for sure, but it's a but it's a fix that's quality. that could get us into the future. So it, housing is tough.
2: Yeah, I, mean. I think you know, and I think sometimes when I think about it, lived here for thirty years, I, I kind of sort of fall into that like action item checklist mode sometimes, where I'm I look at I look at any investment at all, and I think to myself look, man, I've lived here for 30 years and ain't nobody invested anything in a very long time that I've been able to see. Mm -hmm. But in preparing for this conversation, one of the questions I asked myself was, and I'm hoping you guys can help me break through my own assumptions on this is like, if you could, if you could get to, I mean, I don't have to be exact, but my assumption is that the neighborhoods in downtown Mansfield that have become distressed over the years, and they oftentimes have lots of historic properties in them, that those that those properties are principally owned by local owners. Now, this is an assumption that I'm making that's based on, I don't know whether that's factual or not. Is there a, is there a commonly known kind of a borderline, like a baseline percentage of, do we have a lot of... I guess what I'm trying to get at is there a lot of out of, is there a lot of non local site control as it relates to Mansfield's housing stock? Is, do we have a lot of out of town landlords? So I would say
3: in the near downtown historic neighborhoods that we're talking about, historic, just, you know, older neighborhoods, there's not a ton of out of town property owners, but there's a lot of non, non-own, non, owner-occupied. Okay. So I would say, um, and I don't know my numbers exactly off the top of my head, but I hate to say, I don't even want to say a number because if I'm going to say a number it's going to be wrong. But okay, yeah. But there's a definitely a mixture. A I mean there's, you know, there's a lot of home ownership happening too. Mm-hmm. And I would also say, you know, because I'm, I sit on the Preservation Commission and we do site reviews of houses in historic district. We're in the neighborhoods, we're talking to people, we're, we're looking at the properties and talking to the owners. There's a lot more invested homeowners there than I think people realize. And I think people sometimes assume that because the house doesn't look like their house looks, that it's not owner-occupied and it's not well-loved. And that's not the case. Um, you know, you have to understand that people live all kinds of different lives and their goal for their houses are all different. It's not all the same. But um, we've worked with a lot of property owners whose, their houses are gorgeous. Their houses look great. They're They're lived in. They're generational homes. They've invested in them. They're working at them, um, and and they look they look good. They're 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 active homes. So I think the assumption is that these are just all rentals, but they're they're not. They're not.
2: I think that helps me a lot because I think that's one of those places where it goes back to what I mentioned was that housing is personal,
3: Mm -hmm.
2: and you, I can't. I often will find myself projecting my own view over over. What it's like the classic cliche of you look over at your neighbor's lawn and wonder when he or she is gonna mow it and or they look at yours and their in most of my cases, it's <laughs> they look at my lawn and wonder when I'm gonna mow it. Um, but the it's that idea that housing is is more personal mm-hmm. and I think it it causes sort of it ratchets up the opinion meter, yeah, in a way that that some that perhaps commercial buildings,
3: well, I, and I've shared this story before. I when we when my husband and I bought our home twenty years ago, we lived near the boulevards, and our realtor was like, "Why do you you don't want to live here? Where like, do you live, Jay?
2: I don't. I still don't know where she lives, by the way. Why? Well, I, I, it's I doubt, doubt she's, right. she's going to say it on the air. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I well,
3: I would even as a that. friend, I don't know where she lives. But the realtor really tried to talk us out of buying our house. They wanted us to buy a house in Ontario. They wanted us to buy, you know, these new developments and. You know, we just loved we loved the house, we loved the old house, we loved the neighborhood like and I remember our realtor was just like, "Why would you buy this house?" You know, but it's personal, like you said, it's personal, and uh, Tony and I, amongst the things we that are different about us, we could not live in different neighborhoods and different <laughs> homes, like I mean, just picture the opposite, and that's what it is and yeah. <laughs> but that's fine, you know our per- we're different people, our personalities are different. our homes are different.
2: What do you think? Tony, what do you think the biggest opportunity is right now for addressing housing in in Mansfield and Richland County? And I know you have to take a wider view because you're not the Mansfield County. Right. You're not the Mansfield commissioner. You're, you're responsible for all the... But there's a lot of things that have been, we've had some We've had some news that has come through over the last few months about a housing development that's gonna be occurring out on 97 in Richland County. Um, another developer was recently in front of council or the planning commission to do some development out by um, the campus, the OSU campus. Talk to me a little bit about what your views are, like what the opportunities are um, to address that the need because I think you, I like that, I like and agree that you, the need is across all demographics.
1: So, uh, let me get on my politician soapbox now to make us sound awesome <laughs> for a second. I moved into Mansfield in '04, and imagine, Jay, you were here,
3: it's
1: here right? <laughs> uh, imagine he's here like I was like, you were so.
3: alive, I guess, uh, then.
1: Imagine. <laughs> A talk where there was a demand for downtown living in Mansfield. All right, so I understand how a politician. Hey, I'm in office now. Look how sweet we are.
3: Again, I mean, I was working in downtown at that time. Just so you know, I'm, I know, I know, I was around. Well, you wouldn't talk to me then. But, Not in 2000. Uh, no, please. Right. <laughs> I was, you know, um, this is everyday, right?
1: Uh, imagine we're talking about a demand to live downtown. The vaguely is gorgeous. It's mm-hmm. booked. I mean, so. The progress in just 19 years is is substantial, right? We are talking about a large demand for downtown living. Uh, you couldn't have given places away in 04. Okay, so let's talk about the progress. Now, you are right. As as a county commissioner, you represent the county as a whole. There is, uh, you'll you'll see here soon. Talk about investment in that 97 corridor uh, from the county. Um, and that's part of now. Nat- it's also geographical. You know, we have intel in our county. We always have talked about we're uniquely situated between Columbus, location, and Cleveland, location, and Akron. And Canton, location. But it's like, have we ever taken advantage of the geographic location? Well, now there is a confluence of forces working together that's actually doing that. And you're going to see, I believe, significant development in that Lexington Belleville area. But it's funny to me, where we sit, that's great. You come in and then Mansfield going, well, there's Lexington and Belleville getting new development again. When are you going to bring it to Mansfield? So you're right. It's housing. You see on my face, there's nothing more <laughs> challenging uh, to, d- to discuss. There's very few more polarizing uh, when it comes to where housing is going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, you also need, I mean, you will see a public commitment, right? G- public and private working together to spur growth but you need significant private like Jen said you want private investment they want a lot of stock bec- whether it's residential or downtown mm-hmm. because they, it needs to be I mean you will you will see also a significant private commitment in that area so then you need private desire it's not all the government
3: but I think that's the real opportunity we have in Mansfield in Richland County right. is that we've got really positive commitment com- partnerships between city and county officials, we've got a, a, a lot of private-public partnerships forming under different situations now. And also, we have a lot of good private developers here. We do. And I think maybe they're developers that have been just kind of waiting a little bit, but helping them scale up and helping them understand the partnerships and walking them through it, once we know that they're doing great development, is a huge opportunity. Um, and I think that can all work together and you can get those best interests. And you, and every neighborhood has different needs and every neighborhood has different housing that's appropriate for it. So, I mean, you know, your house wouldn't fit in my neighborhood any better than my house would fit in your neighborhood. But you've been to my house. I have. Okay. And my house would definitely not fit in your neighborhood. <laughs> okay. I mean, I haven't been invited to your house. Um, actually, you have, but that's OK. But to that point, reaching that point of
2: conflict, that we were going to talk about
3: audience. <laughs> but you have to look at each neighborhood and go, "What's appropriate? What's the appropriate development for this neighborhood that's that's going that's going to that's going to positively impact the rest of the neighborhood's growth and also align itself with the the appropriate demand."
1: It is a very unique time for Richland County. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it seems like you have a lot of forces moving in the same direction in different communities you see what's going on. You know, we've talked Mansfield, we're in Mansfield right now, it's our largest city. Let's not forget, you have a group of people working together in Shelby for their Black Fort Commons project. Mm -hmm. You have the Mansfield Downtown Improvement Project. Sometimes there are times in a county or a community where there's just a bunch of people at the same time moving the same direction. And it's not necessarily the same age. You know, Jennifer and I are the same age, Jay, we're the same age. We have a group of friends that are the same age. But, the people in the other communities and the private developers are not. It's just a very unique time in Richland County that there seems to be private, public, nonprofit partnership coming together, moving at the same time. And I do think over the next five to ten years, you're 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 going to see communities and developments happening, and they are.
2: Is it ever frustrating to you? I mean, even though Jen, you'd mentioned that patience is a virtue when it comes to preservation. Is it frustrating though sometimes how long it takes to see some of these things come to fruition?
3: It's it's so frustrating. I mean it is. It's so frustrating. It's frustrating it's frustrating to share with people who don't understand how even the downtown improvement project is a great is a great is a great example of that and he's talking about the main street project the main mm-hmm. street improvement project so i mean we're talking about a you know 15 million dollar rebuild of the entire downtown i've been talking about it for 2 years it's still got 2 years before ground breaks but we're working on it all the time and so it's hard to it's hard to share that with people they're like oh 25 why are you still talking about it well because every day I'm I'm working on it every day. You know, we're working through it every day with Kay McCartney and the city engineer's office, and there's a lot of work to be done. So in, in situations like that, it's frustrating because you don't see the progress. We're not breaking ground. We're not tearing stuff up. but But progress happens
2: even when you're not seeing visible progress. For the listeners that are not deep into these conversations, what Jen and Tony are referring to is the Main Street Improvement Project, which is a fully funded project that will break ground in 2025. Mm-hmm. right? And so when a person comes to downtown Mansfield in middle of 2026, they're going to see a completely different streetscape from the bottom of Main Street, North Main Street, all the way up through the square and, and past there that's going to be completely reimagined in a, a pretty amazing way. And it's taken a very long time (laughs) to get there. I mean, and it's, it's, I can speak only for myself. It's extraordinarily frustrating sometimes to see how slowly these wheels grind. So
3: we, we began working on not an, 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 a portion of this project. We began working on it when I went on maternity leave with my son, we chose our first consultant and my son will be 20 this year.
2: There we go. So Nothing like marking your time through <laughs> college tuition,
3: right? I mean, I mean, multiple consultants, On but I mean, Engineer Bianchi and I have literally been working on this for, you know, 20 years.
2: So, if partnerships and broad-based commitment to improvement and sort of timing sort of our biggest opportunities right now and that we, we seem to, in these kind of slow-moving glacial Issues like land use and redevelopment that we seem to have all the players on the field and many of them are pointed in the right, you know, in the same direction. What's the biggest obstacle? If I could remove one thing, I would.
1: Well, then I think we
2: should remove
3: money. I was just
1: going to say money. money, (laughs) I mean, are you? I mean, let's let's exclude money because if you have the funding to do it,
3: I don't think you can exclude money. I think money is the answer. As much as I hate that money is the answer nothing makes me more mad than when money is the answer but it's the answer for multiple reasons because of our low cost of living here factors into our ability to get things done in the same way as far as housing goes right and then also just massive amounts of private investments money's an obstacle there's no doubt about it
2: well uh if go you- a little deeper into that is it that the is it that there isn't is that there is not sufficient return on investment to incent where if a developer is making a choice between brand X and us, if brand X has faster ROI and the developer doesn't have some yeah. sort of emotional tie to this community, he's choosing brand X every time. So, right?
3: I mean, the best way I can describe it is lumber costs the same if you're building it in Mansfield or if you're building it in New Albany. So where are you building it? I mean, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's a, it's a, and that's, and we're not even talking about scale at that point. We're just talking about the cost of the work. The cost of the work is very similar. So talking about downtown housing, downtown development, you know, trying to incentivize people to come here and rehab spaces. You know, the cost, it's cost prohibitive based on the amount that you're going to get out in rent or the return on the investment in general. And that's a major hurdle. Our cost of living is is wonderful in a lot of ways, but it's a hurdle for development. And that's been the case forever. And I think um, that's probably one of my most frustrating parts about the work I do is because it's hard to understand that. New Albany has this, why don't we? Worcester has this, why don't we? It, It... there were, it, it's, a diff, it's a different community. It's a different amount of money. It's a different players. Your return on the investment is different, but your cost of lumber is the same.
1: My, my answer, if you take out money, believe it or not, it's going to be a little inside baseball. And sometimes, and I didn't realize it until I was in it, is the structure of government and the different communities to put together large-scale projects. Sometimes it involves multiple cities multiple government agencies that might not be pulling in the same directions. So the logistical makeup of getting things done, people might not even think about. So use building codes, for example. There is a Richland County building codes that's under the uh, commissioner's authority under the Ohio Revised Code. There is also a Mansfield building codes. And we'll get calls from residents sometimes. And I always say this, I never, ever, ever want to give a resident an answer, that's not us, that's this government. But sometimes that's the answer, right? They'll call us. I, I took a call from a very prominent builder a couple of years ago, perfect example, furious with uh, a, a county government agency was saying, you're hindering progress, government's hindering progress again. Richland County, such and such. Are, are you? Aren't you? you know, I voted for you to get change, Vero. You know, you hear that, right? He wanted why, you why? to shake things up, right? Shake things up, which I never said. Uh, by the way, for the listeners, never said. <laughs> he it. knew never you were it. here to right. shake Too things shay. up, <laughs> and I said, um, "That's great. We don't run that agency." This is a prominent builder; had been around for. What do you mean you don't run that agency? Yeah, we don't run that agency. That's actually completely managed by a separate group of elected officials. Now, I'm going to help you get answers. I'm not going to say, sorry, can't help you. Go talk to them. I worked with them, but it's oftentimes the public is not aware. And so you had, here's a Richland County agency. They presume it's commissioners. It's not. And then to get the certain permit, then they would need to come to an agency. So often, and then if you have city, county, you know, oftentimes the nature of government, because there are so many silos, it creates... With Jennifer, which drives me crazy, is the very, very slow pace, which is why I laugh at her because she goes, You know, sometimes doing nothing is doing something.
3: That <laughs> makes my skin crawl. Sometimes, let's see, sometimes, not I, all the I can time. I remember
1: when she's yelling at me about the Daisy House and relax about, uh, I got people in the land bank who I work with, the building's gonna fall down, we need to get it down. Chen's like, You know, sometimes not doing nothing is doing something, and I'm like, What? So, I mean, you can picture a different spot in Mansfield where her and I, I remember it. She was taking eight hours to eat an oatmeal cream cookie, uh, which is another talk show. And uh, she just says, you know, sometimes not doing something is doing something. And that,
3: she got me around with that particular property. We're working on that. but um, I mean, think about the the Reed's building. And I know you were here in 04. I think you were around, right, Tony? You were around. I was around. You were here when the Reed's building went out. And I think it was '93 or '96. I can't remember which year it was. It sat vacant for a long time, and it was—I mean—it was relentless. The people who wanted to tear that building down—relentless. It was the white elephant. I mean, we we talked about it in every meeting forever, forever. Um, you know, we can't just let that building sit there. You can't just let it sit there. No, you're going to stabilize the building. You're going to mothball the building. You're going to make sure the building stabilizes, and you're going to you're going to give it time to attract a developer or a business or both to to reinvent the space.
2: I think that's an interesting point because I moved here in 1990, and so I had the as an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was 20 when I moved here, and so I had the opportunity. I was in Reeds when it was a thing; it was a going department store. I don't have a ton of memories about it, but I remember being there, mm-hmm. and um, and I think this like your example of the Reed's building is actually a good one to sort of close with in the sense of that was a scenario where mothballing the building and and being patient allowed for first floor retail or first floor business to come in, and now it's probably really uniquely positioned as a large square foot place that if you get the right housing developer in there, maybe there's room to maneuver. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not a block, but it's also not two apartments either. Right. You've got some room to maneuver.
1: This is bad news for oh. me because now she's gonna say every building we come across in the land bank we have to mothball it. I've so.
2: never I've never said that. I mm. think we I think that but I think that what we saw that you know your early example when we opened the show with Westinghouse was an example of the good of the community was served by making the decision that got made. Mm -hmm. The other side of that coin is the Reeds Building. The good of the community was ultimately served by making that decision. Of course, we would all like to have a crystal ball, right? And be able to see into the future. And I think that's kind of where we will close today is I'm gonna ask you to pull out your collective crystal balls, but we're not gonna look way in the future. Talk to our talk to the listeners about twenty six or twenty seven. You know we're not that far we're not that far out. What what are your hopes for the community that you have both chosen at this point to call home? Um, could be in New York, could be someplace else. Home is home is not necessarily here. You know your the Vero bloodline does not start in in Lexington. <laughs> You've chosen to call this place home. What are your hopes for it, Tony? I'll have you go first.
1: I would like to see us continue the work we're doing on the development. We're going to have the Main Street Project, Shelby Black, Fort Commons. I believe you'll see significant development in the, in the uh, Belleville-Lexington Corridor. I want to continue to position ourselves, and you're seeing smatterings. I think you'll also see development up there on Hanley 13 near the Chipotle. I would like to see the development and the growth in our county continue. Those are the hopes for 2627. I also this is a selfish answer. And it's one of the reasons why I think Jennifer and I are here today. I also selfishly would like the pieces that are in parts to continue to stay in place. And I understand all this sounds, but I again want to harp back on we have very unique Pieces in place that seem to have a common goal right now. And just a couple people moving on or moving into a different spot. While we want to move forward, I would like the unique forces that exist right now to stay in place because I think if you give us another three to five years um, and we all go downtown, right? Why do we schedule meetings that relax? It's just coffee or wherever we go because it's not just getting work done. It's we generally all like each other. I mean, people disagree. They walk in and see me, particularly maybe some Democrats, uh, some protesters. And I think
2: when you say forces, I think what you're meaning, I think you're kind of speaking in euphemisms. I think you mean people. People. And, And organizations. And I think that you mean not simply elected people. You mean the broad coalition of private and public and nonprofit people that have come together to do this work. Is that is that a safe assumption on my part? Is that what is that what you're meaning when you say forces?
1: One hundred so one hundred percent. You could walk in, let's use relax, it's just coffee for example. You could walk in to relax it's just coffee and particularly on a Friday morning. I know what it is. You schedule a meeting for Friday morning, That's a Friday, I don't want to sit in my office, let's go to relax. And if you want to get a taste of what's going on and not just in Mansfield, okay. Get a cup of coffee, relax. If the weather's warm, see who's sitting outside. Go in the second room. And you can visibly and tangibly see all of the projects that are going on in the county. And I actually have a meeting in two weeks about a very important project in another community scheduled at Relax. So it has become, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for, Jen? Hub. A hub. It's just a good time. And when I came to Mansfield in 2004, I don't feel we had that. Maybe we did. And Jay, you're here. I could see you relaxed. I know Jennifer will be there because if she's ordered a cookie or a muffin, it'll take her eight hours to eat it. So uh, you'll find her there. You know you're going to see Aurelio, right? Uh,
2: you'll see. Well, we know you. We follow you on Instagram.
1: Oh, I don't. Folks. I hardly ever post (laughs) which is another thing i'm horrible at social media Uh, jennifer's like the paris hilton of mansfield but
2: speaking uh, of that ms hilton tell us about your hopes for the community in 26 or 27 what what do you see in the crystal ball or what would you like to see
3: well i mean the first thing that comes to mind in 26 27 is the main street project so i mean i can't be more excited to see that completed as much as I love progress, the progress of it's gonna be rough. It's gonna be a difficult couple of years for downtown. We're we're intentionally staging it so that downtown will have access, business access, residential access over that time period, but the reality is we're tearing up everything and replacing 100-year-old water and sewer lines. It's not gonna be pretty, it's gonna be rough, um, and it's extensive. So 26, 27, I'm like, hey, hopefully we're done. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you never really know how long, how long that
2: takes. But it's the world's it, biggest kitchen renovation.
3: Yeah, it's it's going to be tough, but when it's done, it's going to be amazing. I mean, ever since I've been here, we've been complaining about the weeds in the streetscape, and there may be a year or two. I'm not complaining about the weeds in the streetscape. And some days that's really all I want out of life. So I'm really excited about the main street project. Um, And I think along with that, you know, we, our facade improvement grant program and our downtown development grant program have been huge the last three years. We've seen 42 buildings renovated and different pieces and projects done between pointing and tucking and painting and all kinds of investments. So You know, another three to four years of that, I think we're going to see a lot more progress on the exteriors of these buildings. We have several potential housing and upper floor projects going on in downtown. So I'd like to see some of that stuff happen. Um, And then in the entryways in downtown, there's projects happening. So I think I'm excited to see what transformation it takes in the next few years. I've also loved seeing some of these new arts organizations pop up in town, like the Shakespeare group. And I'm excited to see more of that happen. I love this authentic arts work that's being done. And I really see growth in that in the next few years too, which I'm excited about. And I'm really excited about seeing what happens with the Westinghouse project. I mean, going back to that, you know, we're in the beginning stages of conversations at this point for what could potentially be projects there. And they are so exciting. So there's so much opportunity for so much growth and development, it, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I wanna ask that same
1: question of you with stipulations. You can't say housing, right? We, we beat the house, I mean, I don't wanna talk about housing. You are a resident, you are unique. You are a resident, you run a media outlet, you run a marketing company. It's weird, you are very unique because you see it through a lot of lenses. So what's the answer to your question And money and housing can't be uh, in that answer. I want to know what you think.
2: This is my show. I know. (laughs) He thinks he runs everything. It's it's hard. (laughs) He's shaking it up, Jay. It's it's hard. He's shaking it up. It's hardwired. I never said that. To answer your question, Tony, I think what I want to see is, or, or in 26 or 27, where I think that there are real opportunities and where we can be, is that we can... We can start to see some of the values and the strategic principles that went into Mansfield Rising as a project when that was first conceived in 2018. I think we're going to be able to start to see those things become reality. I think we're going to be able to see downtown becoming a place for business. It can be a place for for everyone, where everyone feels valued and included inside of downtown there's a place where they can all be and i think for me what's emblematic of that is the recent the recent move by the city and a group a small group of people that love skateboarding and the people that worked on that project to take a, a disused unused tennis court in liberty park and create an opportunity to do something that mattered to that piece of the community. And I think two things, two key things happened with that is that citizens of our community that n- might have been felt like they didn't belong in the decision making process at all or were' not going to be listened to in the decision making process at all, were pulled into the process, included, listened to, and we're ending up at a starting point that could be something, really cool. And I think that the second thing that happens when when we do that, and it is Mansfield and Richland County's probably our biggest strength, is our ability to find unusual suspects
0: mm-hmm. and
2: bring them into the process and intuitively involve them in the decision making. We're going to end up with potentially a really great DIY skate park that's going to be the vision of the people that that conceived it, they're going to have ownership in it, and it's going to be an attractive place for people that own concrete companies or rebar companies to donate and contribute to the growth of that because it's going to feel good for them. So I think 2627 can continue to look, look like that. With that, um, I want to thank Jennifer Keim, the CEO of Downtown Mansfield Incorporated, and Commissioner Tony Vero for joining me today on today's kind of very special episode of Source Daily. It was my pleasure to have you both here for this conversation, and I'm glad we got to do it. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, Jay.
3: Appreciate it. Thank you.
2: Thank you, everybody, for joining us for this conversation. If you enjoyed it, please Subscribe to Source Daily on all of your favorite podcast platforms. And to support the work of our journalists, go to RichlandSource forward slash members and purchase a membership. Thanks for listening. If you missed the first part of this conversation, make sure to head back and
0: listen to yesterday's episode. Let's move on to some Ohio history. Did you know that Rose Knox was a businesswoman renowned for leading the Knox Gelatin Factory after her husband's death? Born in Mansfield, she moved to New York in the late 1870s. She married Charles Knox in 1883, and the couple founded the Gelatin Company in 1896. Rose played a significant role, writing recipe booklets and learning financial management. Upon her husband's death in 1908, she assumed control of the business, implementing progressive policies like equal treatment for all employees, a five-day work week, and paid vacations. Her management helped the company thrive even during the Great Depression. Next, an event coming up that you should know about. Make sure you attend Mansfield's tree lighting ceremony at Richland Carousel Park starting at 5 p.m. today. There will be rides, fun, food, Santa, real reindeer, and so much more. Then, tomorrow, head over to the Richland County Fairgrounds for the Ontario Craft Show starting at 8.30 a.m. and going until 3 p.m. Have fun and enjoy getting into the holiday spirit. Finally, we'd like to take a moment to remember Helen Prosser. Helen was born in Vanceburg, Kentucky in 1939. She had a vibrant spirit that touched the lives of many and had an extraordinary career as a bartender, working at VFW Post 2920 and croquis in Crestline. Her love for others, warm smile, friendly demeanor, and exceptional ability to connect with people made her a cherished member of her family and the community. Those that had the pleasure of knowing Helen knew that they were loved unconditionally. She enjoyed spending her time playing poker or euchre. She was known for never folding or backing down. She is survived by her loving children, numerous grandchildren and great-grandchildren, along with her sisters and in-laws. Thank you for taking a moment to celebrate and remember Helen's life. You can submit an obituary for free on Richland Source. To learn more, click the link in our show notes or visit richlandsource.com slash obituaries slash submit.